Hey there, this is Nathan Agan, and welcome to the Working Actors Journey, connecting you with lifelong professionals. Today we are back with another workshop scene from the rehearsal room, and we have The Merchant of Venice from May 2021, and this scene is directed by Brendan Fox. Now, the scene we have is Act 5, Scene 1. It is the final section of the play right into the end. Uh, we pick up a little bit into Scene 1 uh, and then just go straight on through. And to give you a little bit of context, as Bassanio and Graziano and Antonio all return home after the trial with Shylock, Portia and Nerissa, who were there in disguise as the lawyer and clerk, and actually convinced those uh, two guys, Bassanio and, and Graziano, to give them their rings, uh, they those two women decide to play one final trick on their partners, uh, and it's related to the giving up of these rings. And it's important to remember that this is actually the first time Antonio, who is such a close friend with Bassanio, meets Portia. And, of course, meets her as herself, not the disguised lawyer. Now, if this is the first time you're catching one of our workshop presentations, we have so many others that you can listen to or watch featuring Richard III, King Lear, Troilus and Cressida, Midsummer Night's Dream, Julius Caesar, As You Like It, and King John. All of those are on the podcast, and you can also watch them on YouTube. Just go to workingactorsjourney.com to find links to everything. We have all the blog posts with both links to the podcasts uh, and the YouTube. You can watch them right on our site uh, or go to those platforms and, and find a lot more content. And I will mention that we just wrapped up a great live Q&A with actor Jeffrey Wade on the role of Dogberry in Much Ado About Nothing. So please go check that out. It is on Facebook. Uh, you know, you can find it on our Facebook page, Working Actors Journey. Uh, there's a great Q&A. We did about an hour conversation. And it was super informative and just lots of great info on how to play those quote-unquote comic characters. Because obviously as an actor, you can't play funny. That is not sustainable. That that doesn't really give you something to do and certainly doesn't give much for the other actors to work off of. So we just had a really uh, in-depth conversation about that part. Jeffrey had played it a couple times. Uh, we took a few you know comments and questions from the audience and definitely looking at doing more of those live uh, Q&As on Facebook. And, of course, as I mentioned last time, we are looking at doing some more workshops coming up in 2022, so stay tuned whether you would like to get involved as an actor or audience member. We'll definitely put that information out there, and I'll just put in a plug. Go to workingactorsjourney.com and sign up for our email list. Uh, if you're not already on there, that is probably going to be the best and first way you will find out when we open registration so that you can be part of uh, the coming workshops. Now for our Merchant of Venice scene, the cast is Marcelo Tubert playing Bassanio, Amber Scales playing Portia, Aubrey Savarino playing Nerissa, Ross Helwig playing Antonio, and Sarah Mountjoy Pepka as Graziano. Now, if you've tuned into other workshops, you will uh, hear a number of performers returning, 
from other scenes we've done. Uh, and this group actually had a number of actors coming in and out uh, over the weeks as others booked work or became unavailable, uh, though they soldiered on as a group. And I think the results really speak for themselves. You're in for a treat with this scene, just like all the other scenes we've done, just to be able to take such a deep dive on this part of the play. You know, things are wrapping up. But just to really examine, you know, everything that's, you know, certainly to talk about everything that has happened before, uh, and a lot of the other scenes are earlier in the play, and so it's okay, what will come? But in this scene, we've already experienced, the characters have already experienced everything, so just talking about all that and all of that being part of uh, what everybody is uh, discussing, you know, in this scene. So, like I said, I think you're in for a real treat here. Now, one other fun addition is we were able to bring in Philippa Kelly as dramaturg here. She is an author, educator, and resident dramaturg for both California Shakespeare Theater and Napa Shakes. And she was such a a wonderful part of the scene. You know, it's so fun with these workshops to bring in people that, you know, have the same job, but then approach the work very differently. So, you know, if you've heard the other scenes and, and, you know, Gideon has his way of approaching dramaturgy, which works and everybody loves. And then Philippa comes in with a different energy and, and ideas. And so we have other conversations and, and there's, there's no good or bad. Uh, there's no better, you know, than others. It's just, it's just all great conversation. And so you get a lot of different perspectives and attitudes and things to think about. And as I mentioned at the top, we also have a new director here, Brendan Fox, and he has worked at many regional theaters across the country and internationally, uh, and he was an associate director at the Old Globe Theater. Uh, I've known Brendan uh, a little bit. We kind of very quickly, ships passing the night, worked a tiny bit, uh, but uh, he had reached out to be involved. And I was thrilled he could be part of this scene. I mean, he's someone that uh, certainly I, as an actor, uh, always uh, admired and looked up to and saw a lot of people I knew working with him and and always, you know, wished I could be working with Brendan more because he was doing a lot of great projects. Uh, But I'm thrilled that, uh, you know, he could be part of this scene. And uh, as you'll discover, he has a very open, collaborative style, um, really ensuring that everybody, you know, has their full say and, and gets to express their opinion about their character or others, uh, which, you know, talking to all the actors involved, they just really, really loved, you know, how inclusive and, and open the process was. So I have a feeling you're really going to enjoy this. And without further ado, here we go with the rehearsal room presentation of The Merchant of Venice from May 2021. So uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining our uh, workshop of uh, The Merchant of Venice. Uh, very excited that uh, you can be here and be part of uh, this ongoing exploration of uh, the scene with this group. They've been working for a few weeks. Uh, I just want to give you a little bit of context of uh, what this is and what we've been doing. So my name is Nathan Agin. I'm the host and producer of The Working Actor's Journey, started as a podcast, and over the last year uh, has uh developed into a series of workshops uh, like this uh, that has just kind of come out of discussions of what we can do with this medium, with this time. Uh, and so we've been able to combine uh, professional actors, directors, coaches with uh, actors, uh, you know, maybe in the first decade of their career, uh, working on these scenes in a way that rarely happens at a professional level. Uh, you know, there's so much uh, of a 
necessity to, you know, figure out blocking and, and all the other production elements that uh, to be able to have a month uh, to really just explore one scene is such a luxury and uh, everybody's been enjoying that. Uh, and so you will see the, uh, the fifth act, uh, act five, scene one, part of that from, uh, Merchant Events today. And, uh, uh, our director will share a little bit more about, uh, where we are in the play. Um, but I just want to highlight a couple other things, uh, about this program and, and tell you about a couple of things, uh, uh, coming up. Um, so one of the things we're most excited about with this project is that, uh, and I, and I was taught this word recently or, or taught this phrase is that we can be very conscious about, uh, gender and age and color, uh, when we're working in this format that, uh, other theaters might not be able to. And, and of course, the phrase that often comes up is, uh, gender blind or color blind or age blind. And of course, uh, we are anything but blind to that. We are actually very acutely aware, uh, when, you know, as an audience member or a theater is doing that. So it just allows us to be very conscious about, uh, you know, involving different people and having people play roles that they might not otherwise play at a traditional theater. So that's been an, uh, another exciting part about this in addition to being able to explore the material in this way. Uh, and, uh, let's see, what else do I have? I want to say, oh, yes. Um, so with each presentation, we've, uh, selected a charity, uh, this afternoon's charity is the Innocence Project. Uh, they are committed to exonerating individuals who have been wrongly convicted. Uh, we really appreciate, uh, those who have already made donations. Um, but if you'd like to donate directly, you can go to innocenceproject.org. I'll put uh, a link in the chat box. Uh, and I think that's, that's it for me that I'm good. I'm always trying to, you know, get, get my piece more and more succinct. So I think three to four minutes is about all I need to do. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to, uh, Brendan Fox, uh, the director for the scene. And, uh, that's it. Very excited. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, I, I want to thank you, um, for in, enlisting me or reaching out to me, um, to be part of this. I have been, watching over many months uh with envy uh many artists i know and love participating in these scenes and workshops and uh so i i appreciate when i basically stalked you ran you ran you to the ground and said how do i how, how do i get in on this so um little did i know what what a fantastic uh time uh, i hopefully we've had um so i also want to just start with and we'll probably end with a big thank you to all of you actors for your time and your talent, um, and, and your, your thoughts, um, and vulnerability exploring this, this fascinating, uh, piece. So, um, so thank you. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I also love that there's no opening night, no closing night. Like we just will stop. Right. Um, which is also how I like to approach, you know, productions. We just stop rehearsing at some point and say, okay, I guess we're going to, we'll, we'll open this now. But that sense of a continuum and an evolution and always, always a, a, as a process, I think is exciting. So, you know, just to maybe state the obvious, I, I hope we will all continue today to embrace n new ideas, what we thought about since last week, um, and, uh, and see where the scene goes today. Uh, to, uh, you know, to use Netflix's phrase of previously on, um, well, can we collectively, you know, uh, catch up our, ourselves and any viewers on, um, what, what are the salient points we need to know as we are, we're dropping the needle down late in act five, scene one, and we will take it all the way to the end. I should say right from the start for those who are, 
uh, familiar with uh, the play and the scene. There are a couple of characters that actually are present for the scene, but are not uh, and do not have uh, text. And that are, that is Lorenzo and, and um, Jessica. Um, and they will be ref, you know, referred to. And, and so for those who are watching, just keep that in mind as, as the events unfold. I think that's, that, that's a, I think a really, uh, fascinating, you know, element to the scene that, uh, there, there's, there's a sense of performance as we've talked about, right? Group and, and, and who are we performing for and not only for each other, but even those who are not actually have any text. So Lorenzo and Jessica are there. This takes place at Belmont right outside of the house of Portia um, being portrayed by Amber uh, today and her servant, Nerissa. Um, uh, Aubrey and Amber, would, would you mind um, uh, helping me fill in? Like what, where did you just, you've just arrived right before we start the scene. And um, can you share where they just came from? Sure. Amber, do you want to, I mean, you know, you were doing most of the talking where we were before. So, um, <laughs> oh, we were just, you know, dressed up as guys, uh, like you do in Shakespeare. Uh, and, uh, we were just, um, at a trial, uh, trying to save some lives and succeeding Portia doing most of the heavy lifting there. Um, but, uh, Antonio's life was on the line for his friend Bassanio and, uh, uh, Shylock was demanding, um, a pound of flesh for a bargain that they had made. And, uh, it was, it was sort of up to Portia in particular, I think, to dressed as a man to, to get him out of that. Uh, right. Amber, am I good so far? Do you want yeah, to reveal the results after, of your work? <laughs> yeah. After some all-star, uh, attorneying by Portia and Nerissa, very bright, um, smart women, we have saved Antonio's life. Um, and immediately raced back home to try to beat them coming home from the trial. Um, and during the trial, they gave away rings we had given to them as gifts. So we are kind of plodding through um, how we will confront them about this indiscretion, the scene. Yeah, I, I think it's and it, that's great. And I, I love that, that um, it's important to, in terms of the rings a little bit of backstory that we will hear about um, from um, Sarah as Graciano and, and Marcelo as Bassanio, that at first when you, uh, Amber and, and Aubrey asked for rings, you know, when they offered to pay, right? You, you said you didn't need any payment, but you will take those rings. And at first they men said no. Right. And, and you thought that was, that was, that was it. And we were packing up to go. And then I believe Ross, right. Antonio, when Antonio heard this, he said, uh, give him the rings, right? So, the yeah. Ones? yeah. He, he kind of says, really guys? I mean, I, they just saved this, this guy, just this guy just saved my life. The least you could do maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So they sent, ran after and yeah. So. Yeah. We're all to blame here. <laughs> I don't know if we said this, but so we, so I had married, uh, Graciano, Portia had married Bassanio. Uh, and that was the exchange of rings, but the marriages have not yet been, um, consummated, as they say. So, so that's where we sort of things stand. So we've, we've had the ceremony, we've exchanged the rings and the oaths and all of the important things, uh, except for that one last important piece of the puzzle that hasn't happened yet. Great. Sarah, anything else you want to add, um, from Graciano? Yeah, I can just add that, um, uh, although, Bassanio was under great pressure by his friend Antonio to give his ring up. Uh, Gratiano 
it seems to have had less pressure to give his ring up. We don't actually see that scene happen. So it's, it's up to the imagination as far as, um, who is telling the truth, Gratiano or Narissa, as far as exactly how that exchange went down. Yeah. That, that, and that's something we, we've discussed, right? In pre, in previous, um, um, workshop sessions of, of what, uh, the differences between Graziano and Bassanio in terms of what they promised and what, you know, and, and how, how reluctant or not very reluctant they were about parting with the rings and, and the differences between Portia and Narissa in terms of how they deal with the, what happened with these rings. And, and I think what, one thing we, I think it's, that's helpful to note for anyone um, watching is uh, we started off uh, fairly early in our process talking about the given circumstances, not just in terms of the plot, but one thing I love to explore with Shakespeare is time, day, um, energy level, um, you know, exhaustion, uh, hydration, right? All those very human things that actually can affect how you, um, go through this scene and that, no one, you know, we, we figured out that timeline wise, right? This is essentially happening. This thing is happening just before dawn, the morning ish after the trial. So no one has gotten any sleep, right? Everyone has basically made a beeline back to Belmont. Um, and that's how they're, uh, approaching these, these new events, um, from, from that place. Right. And also we should probably mention that the trial, not only did Shylock not get the pound of flesh, but got something much worse. Uh, so that we're all coming also back from this Shylock being forced to convert, uh, give up his, his religion, um, which was something I think that wasn't initially part of the, the bargain that is, uh, that we're coming into and that his daughter is here in this scene and doesn't have any lines. So yeah. So there's just this whole other element. Yeah. Uh, that isn't, that is not really dealt with, but is unspoken, I think. Yeah. And, and what, what, what do people expect? We were talking with this, right? Mar- uh, Marcelo and Ross and Sarah about when the men enter Belmont, um, there's, uh, what, what would you, how would you describe their, their state of mind? What we were, what we were talking about last week. Yeah. We, I, mean, I think we had talked about, uh, a little elation. They have been maybe drinking. They're glad to be home. The wives, consummation may be happening. Things, things are good. They, they expect things to be like, yeah, we did the thing. We did good. The women and, yeah. uh, and that, that we love uh, not just, uh, yeah. the, the carnal thing, but they, they, they truly love their, their, their women. It just achieved everything they set out to do in this play. Yeah. They got their wives. They got Antonio off. This is the happiest moment of the play yeah. for them. And, and the expectation that they that the welcome home is going to be, uh, really uh, exciting. And also I, I think something we touched on Marcel and Ross and Amber is this moment where you, Bassanio, get to share with your new wife, your introduce her to your best friend, your the person who has meant the most to you beyond besides Portia. Right. He's the man. Right. That so I think that maybe that's part of the agenda too, is Uh that with the hail the conquering heroes and these are the two most important people in my life, and now they get to meet under what we think is going to be wonderful circumstances. Right. 
Um, right at the end of last session, I just asked us to think about exits, oh, yeah. which we can come back to one. We, I, I think it would be, it would be great to kind of go back to the top and, and take a, a whack at this and, and, um, uh, see what happens and rediscover and, um, where we land. Uh, but I, I, I have a thought and I just want to offer this up to see what we, what we think. I would love for us to play with this idea of maybe in our exits, turning off our, our cameras and in, in sort of maybe in a staggered, um, order. And let me know your thoughts on this, but if, if, what if Graziano and Nerissa exit first after Graziano <laughs> gives his final, um, spiel about what he's learned, um, and that uh, I think that's something we can again play with in terms of Aubrey, whether that's off of you or Sarah, but that, um, non-verbally an invitation to, you know, head off into the house. Once you two go, then I, I feel like maybe Marcelo and Amber, that is their uh, a, a way, a, a thought about who might then end exit next. And then I think Ross, I would just love to see what happens if, if you are alone for a moment before you you leave or or maybe not or maybe not go into that i don't you know i don't i don't know something for us to play with but that's how does that strike people as a first pass strikes me as a plan yes yeah like it right um two other just kind of general thoughts on on the text as we are as we get taken from the top um as i was looking at my notes from last week uh, one is I, what I love is that everyone is, I think, approaching this with, we've really dug into the stakes for everyone. What is, what is, what is, what is important and how important all of this is and the clash of tones and, and not playing the other person's play, right. And letting that collision be really exciting and, and, and energized. And I, I would encourage us to hold on to that. And I love that everyone's driving to the ends of the thoughts. At the same time, I would also encourage us to keep finding those commas, those semicolons, a place to, to do, to do some quick breaths, some, a chance to, so that, and when you land, when you get to the end of a thought, a period, exclamation point, question mark, let yourself take that breath, right? For us, for you, for your scene partner. And it would allow, it will allow us, I think, if we want to shift gears, or go to a new idea or a new thought or pivot, then it, it, that breath, I think, will allow us to make that shift with even more breath and fullness. Does that make sense? Yep. There were, there, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would much rather of us err on the side of propulsion and, and energy and not be precious and state about it, but just something to think about. The other number two is, um, let's keep in mind the difference between when the characters have a kind of legato, um, text versus staccato. When are things, when, when do things have a sort of, um, with their, you know, longer lines, um, multisyllabic words and, and when, when are the characters, um, more monosyllabic and, and have a more stutter stop rhythm? You know, I think we, we're doing that a little. I think we can lean into the difference. And I, and, and see what that means, right? What, what happens when they are, um, not in, not indulging in, um, high level vocabulary, but, uh, and, and that, that could reference something really positive or it could be something curt or, 
confused, but just, um, I think there's, those are, those are two a- avenues I'd love for us to keep in mind. Sound good? Yep. Sounds good. Great. So, um, let's take our time and, um, when you're ready from the top, please. This night, methinks, is but the daylight sick. Tis <laughs> a day such as the day is when the sun is hid. <laughs> oh, we hold day with the antipodes if you would walk in the absence of the sun. <laughs> let me give light, but let me not be light. For light wife doth make a heavy husband and never be Bassanio so for me. But God, sort all, you are welcome home, my lord. Oh, I thank you, madam. Give welcome to my friend. This is the man. This is Antonio, to whom I am so infinitely bound. You should, and all sense be much bound to him. For as I hear, he was much bound for you. <laughs> no more than I am well acquitted of. Sir, you are very welcome to our house. It must appear in other ways than words. Therefore, I scant this breathing courtesy. By yonder moon, I swear you do me wrong. In faith, I gave it to the judge's clerk. Would he were guilt that had it for my part, since you do take it love so much at heart? A quarrel? Oh, already, what's the matter? A hoop of gold, a paltry ring that she did give me, whose posy was for all the uh, for all the world, like Cutler's poetry upon a knife. Love me and leave me not. What talk you of the posy or the value? You swore to me when I did give it you that you would wear it till your hour of death and that it should lie with you in your grave. Though not for me, yet for your vehement oaths, you should have been respected and have kept it. Gave it a judge's clerk. No, God's my judge. The clerk will ne'er wear hair on his face that had it. He will, and he lived to be a man. Aye, if a woman lived to be a man. Now, by this... By this hand, I gave it to a youth, a a kind of boy, a a little scrubbed boy, no higher than thyself, the judge's clerk, a prating boy that begged it as a fee. I could not for my heart deny it him. You were to blame. I must be plain with you. To part so slightly with your wife's first gift, a thing stuck on with your oaths upon your finger and so riveted with faith unto your flesh. I gave my love a ring and made him swear never to part with it. And here he stands. I dare be sworn for him. He would not leave it nor pluck it from his finger for the wealth the world masters. Now, in faith, Gratiano, you give your wife too unkind a cause of grief. And for me, I should be mad at it. Why, I were best to cut my left hand off and swear I lost the ring defending it. My Lord Bassanio gave his ring away to the judge that begged it, and indeed deserved it too. And then the boy, his clerk, that, that took some, some pains in writing, he begged mine, and neither man nor master would take aught but the two rings. What ring gave you, my lord? Not that I hope what you received of me. If I could add a lie unto a fault, I would deny it. But uh, you see, my finger hath not a ring upon it. It is gone. Even so void is your false heart of truth. By heaven, I will ne'er come to your bed until I see the ring. Nor I in yours till I again see mine. Sweet, 
Sweet Portia, if you did know to whom I gave the ring, if you did know for whom I gave the ring, and would conceive for what I gave the ring, and how unwillingly I left the ring, when naught would be accepted but the ring, you would abate the strength of your displeasure. If you had known the virtue of the ring, or half her worthiness that gave the ring, or your own honor to contain the ring, you would not then have parted with the ring. What man is there so much unreasonable if you had pleased to have defended it? When in terms of zeal wanted the modesty to urge that thing held as a ceremony. Nerissa teaches me what to believe. I'll die for it till some woman had the ring. No! By my honor, madam, by my soul, no woman had it, but a civil doctor, which did refuse three thousand ducats of me and beg the ring, the which I did deny him and suffered him to go displeased away, even he that had held up the very life of my dear friend. What should I say, sweet lady? I was enforced to send it after him. I was beset with shame and courtesy. My honor would not let ingratitude so much besmear it. Pardon me, good lady, for by these blessed candles of the night, had you been there, I think you would have begged the ring for me to give the worthy doctor. <laughs> Let not that doctor e'er come near my house since he had got the jewel that I loved and that which you did wear to keep for me. I will become as liberal as you. I'll not deny him anything I have. No, not my body nor my husband's bed. Know him I shall. I am well sure of it. Lie not a night from home. Watch me like Argus. If you do not, if I be left alone now by mine honor, which is yet mine own, I'll have that doctor from my bedfellow. And I, his clerk. Before, be well advised how you do leave me to mine own protection. <laughs> well, do you so? Let me not take him then, for if I do, I'll mar the young clerk's pen. Oh, God. I am the unhappy subject of these quarrels. Uh, grieve not you. You are welcome, notwithstanding. Portia, forgive me this enforced wrong, and in the hearing of these many friends, I swear to thee, even by thine own fair eyes, wherein I see myself, that I will... In, in both mine eyes, he doubly sees himself. In each eye, one. Swear by your double self, and there's an oath of credit. Nay, but hear me. Pardon this fault... And by my soul, I swear, I never more will break an oath with thee. I once did lend my body for his wealth, which, but for him that had your husband's ring, had quite miscarried. I dare be bound again, my soul upon the forfeit, that your lord will never more break faith advisedly. Then you shall be his surety. Give him this. And bid him keep it better than the other. Here, Lord Bassanio, swear to keep this ring. But, by heaven, it is the same I gave the doctor. I had it of him. Pardon me, Bassanio, for by this ring, the doctor lay with me. Oh, and pardon me, my gentle Gratiano, for that same scrubbed boy, the doctor's clerk, in lieu of this last night did lie with me. Why? This is like the mending of highways in summer where the ways are fair enough. What? Are we cuckolds? Ere we have deserved it? Speak not so grossly. You are all amazed. Here is a letter. Read it at your leisure. It comes from Padua, from Bellario. There you shall find that 
Portia was the doctor. Nerissa there, her clerk, Lorenzo here, shall witness I set forth as soon as you, and even but now returned. I have not yet entered my house. Antonio, you are welcome, and I have better news in store for you than you expect. Unseal this letter. There you shall find three of your groceries are richly come to harbor suddenly. You shall not know by what strange accident I chanced on this letter. I am dumb. Were you the doctor and I knew you not? Were you the clerk that is to make me cuckold? I, but the clerk that never means to do it unless he live to be a man. Uh, sweet doctor, you shall be my bedfellow. When I am absent, then lie with my wife. Sweet lady. You have given me life and living, for here I read for certain that my ships are safely come to road. How now, Lorenzo, my clerk, have some good comforts for you, too. Aye, and I'll give them him without a fee. There do I give to you and Jessica, from the rich Jew, a special deed of gift after his death of all he dies possessed of. It is almost morning, and yet I am sure you are not satisfied of all these events at full. Let us go in and charge us there upon these interrogatories, and we shall answer all things faithfully. Let it be so. The first interrogatory that my Nerissa shall be sworn on is whether till the next night she had rather stay or go to bed now, being two hours today. But... Were the day come, I should wish it dark till I were couching with the doctor's clerk. <clears throat> well, while I live, I'll fear no other thing so sore as keeping safe Nerissa's ring. Mm. Lovely. Yeah, that's, boy, that's wonderful. Um, Marcel, do you have your hand up or are you just resting? No, I'm just, uh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm only a week after classes are done. So I'm, you know, as muscle memory kicks in. Uh, you know, Ross, I, I, uh, I really loved that moment with you and the, the paper, the, 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 the just you sort of processing everything that's, that's going on and, and watching each, each pair pair off. And, and then leaving you sort of twisting in the wind may, makes a lot of sense. Um, I did uh, my false exit. I'm, spe- I'm, I'm known for that one. I was, I was like, Marcelo was just, yeah, Barsani was just piecing out early. It's just, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> so what, so what, what, what did we discover that time? What, what's, uh, as, as it's, you know, it's been a week and as we skied down the slalom, what, what, uh, what, what came up? I mean, I found myself really, Really wanting her to just, hey, you, you gotta understand the circumstances. I mean, I felt in those little the speeches where he's trying to convince her, um, that, that it was more driven for, a little more driven for me that I would just more, I, I don't understand why you don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like conversations I have with my wife sometimes. Why, why don't you understand? It's so clear. I'm, see, you see, and he lays it out and you go, what? Right? Yeah. Mm, not so much. Well, and, and I wonder, Marcella, I, I saw that and there was a level of intensity and I felt like that it was even more important for you this time to, to help 
to try to get Portia to see this. And I, I would just wonder as we, when we come back and take another pass at it, that what, what is it like for him who always has managed to kind of come out on top, right? And, and charm and persuade. And it's, uh, and, and he has this super confidence, right? That, yeah. it, that first of all, the, the shock of the ring. Second of all, the shock that they, you think they cheated on you. And the third is, were you the doctor? And especially that question really jumped out at me for you and for Amber and, and for all four couples of this. I'm wondering if Marcelo, there's a, how much can he change even in the last few moments of the play of, do I know anything about anyone, least of all her? Yeah, so you're, what you're saying then is, so, so that to make that turn to be a little more, uh, not, not desperate in trying to convince him, but more suave and using his charms so that then when that comes and have I been just, yeah, so that can make yeah. that turn. Well, I think, I think it's both. I, yeah. I think you can find, you know, keep using those different tools. I think there can be some, some moments more of charm. Like I was thinking about the looking in her eyes moment. But that, that was something in, I took a note about where I feel like Marcelo, what if, what if that's a moment of more charm and intimacy of, mm. of just you talking to her, this kind of thing we can do on Zoom, right? What if you write right. down here and just, honey, it's yeah. just us, right? Yeah. And, and that way that gives Amber a chance to go, oh, everyone check this out, right? So sort of, you know, you were setting up the candles for a little dinner here. And she just suddenly, you know, so there's just options between the desperation, the urgency, then you switch to charm. But then I think in those final, when the rug gets pulled out two or three times, I just wonder myself if it just gets potentially even just simpler and wonder. Yeah. Like, who, who is this person? Right. You know, who, who, I don't mean this in a negative way, but what, you are now, you know, as she said, everyone is amazed. And I think that sense of being dumbstruck, I I would encourage you and and Graziano to potentially lean into, we are so overmatched and we do not know anything about anything. Yeah. And so that it, it keeps us from jumping on the lily pad at the end going, it's all good. I, 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 I wonder if this actually shakes you to the core. Right. Um, so when you're calling her, you know, sweet doctor, is it, is it potentially even more fragile, more, more tentative, a sense of an olive branch or a, 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 a new negotiation to figure out what comes next? Yeah. Does that, does, does that end with, yeah. 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 I like it. And, 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 you know, and, and, I mean, and, you know, Sarah, I, I, I think obviously they, they're on somewhat different tracks, but I, I think there is something maybe for, for both of them and to have to really be checked by the, the, the you know, these, these revelations come fast and furious. Mm-hmm. Um, which barely do you have time to register that they have, they've just cheated on you when they go, actually, no. Right. So those, I I think you can, both of you can see what happens if it, if it actually, in a way, you, you both have to kind of approach them differently. And, and you're coming up with a new language at the end, which might help us see a way forward 
with you for? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always a fan of, of men being checked by women. This is always a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, being but, in awe of their intelligence and brilliance. Yeah, exactly. So, well, and, so. and we've got the text, right? So like there, I mean, I think, and I, so what, that being said, I wonder, Amber, I would, I would just, I would encourage you also to think about that shift of you were all amazed and then you shift to, okay, so here's some money business. Here's some, that's, that struck me as a huge shift <laughs> from what we had just gone through. And yeah. I, I, I don't know, Amber, what, what are your thoughts on that? About like that, what, what, what's, what's that? that turn like for, for her, because I, I found that that could be really interesting to watch her. If, if we go in this direction of watching Bassanio see you with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was thinking through what you said about the, um, I swear to the, even by my own fair eyes, I had noticed this past how much I talked to Nerissa or how much I say is for her and not for the men, because they're not going to understand it until later. But we are really joking with each other um, because they're they're just not up to speed yet. But that that turn I take there coming after that once I did lend my body. Yeah, I, I think that has to be it. And I don't I don't know if she maybe thinks or understands that Antonio is the smartest of them. Um, but I think it's, it's something in there. My soul upon the forfeit. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder whether, yeah, whether he's the smartest. I, I I felt in that moment for you, Ross, that you were offering up a level of authenticity we hadn't seen yet. Um, Right. Well, it's, uh, I, th- I think, I think we talked a little bit about this, uh, la- last week, but you know, how do the guys who've already broken their oaths convince someone that they're going to keep their oath now when there's, you know, you, you've already, you've already broken it. So what, what do you, what do you have now to swear by? And since Antonio is, is t- to this point has been the, the sacrificial friend and has, you know, sworn an oath to basically give up his life if he forfeits on the money, which he did. And, you know, he was going to be forced to keep that. This is sort of a- Antonio and Antonio's body and soul and, you know, wealth. And th- this is sort of the only thing that hasn't the only s- sacred bond uh that hasn't really been been forsworn in a way. Um, and Bassanio has been true to Antonio in a way that he hasn't necessarily been to Portia yet. Um, which also I think is why maybe Portia says, okay, you're going to be a surety and you're also, you, you, you make him do this. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of the, the, this is, you know, we, we got married. Maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm speculating, but we got married and then you went and you did this thing for your best friend at cost of my honor. You have to give up your best friend. Your best best friend has to be second, and we're going to make him give you away in front in front of people right now. Mm. Um, I like that, Ross. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, other thoughts uh, from the that I have, a, I have a small thing, but and on the, on the other hand, not a small thing, and I don't know how to deal with it here, which is that last beat with Lorenzo and Jessica, who of course aren't here. Yeah. But it's also the last beat of a really, really tricky, complicated plot throughout Merchant of Venice, which is 
what we've done to Shylock and what happens to his daughter. And here we got a bunch of money from him and you get to have it. Mm-hmm. But we also did terrible things to him. I, I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't think I've even worked out how Narissa feels about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of commas. It's like, it's a really sort of tr- like, it's here. I do give this from this. It's just like, it's a tricky. Yeah. Even the, even the punctuation to me feels like it's clunky. I think on purpose. Yeah. But, um. Anyway, it just like, I, know, I, I love that Aubrey. I mean, I, I think I saw, I see a shift in. I, and I'll give them him without a fee. Right. So my clerk has some good comforts too, for you. Um, there's a bit of that old banter, right? The clerk, quote unquote, that Amber, you sort of remind us of who she, of who Narissa was, right? And I, I and I feel like Narissa says yes, and I'll, I'll actually, unlike any lawyer ever, I will, I will do, I will conduct my business for gratis. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think if if you and Amber want to play with leaning into that. But um bum, right? That sort of like sassy. And then there, there's the reality of now you have to look at Lorenzo and do this. I, I would encourage you to lean into those commas and let it have that bumpiness that it feels like you're, you, you, maybe this is the most important thing Narissa's ever done and the most complicated thing. I was thinking about that, Brenda. Like, why do I give this to you, Aubrey? Yeah. Because first I ask Lorenzo how he is. He does not respond. And then I throw it on you with a joke. My God. Give well, yeah, yeah. I mean, or call him Jessica's father. You say from the rich, rich Jew, which again, yeah, even just like saying that, I was like, that's, yeah, I got this is a strange way of describing someone who you spent, you know, hours in a courtroom with. And anyway, but, but is it, but, uh, Aubrey, I would complicate that by saying, is it strange for someone of the time that has where this um, anti-Semitism is is baked into the society? Mm-hmm. No, that, probably not. No, it's probably you know I mean? kind. It's probably <laughs> one of the kinder things people say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which I think Sh- yeah, Sh- Shylock diso- basically disowned his, his daughter, too. So I, I wonder if to, to say from your father, if that how complicated That's that is too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but he has a name, and everyone else has been referred to by who they played in the court and their name. Yeah, True. but he's, but he's, he's not. But they, they, they don't humanize him by giving him the name. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Aubrey. That that to me, that's it. It's it's very similar that that complicated moment near the end of Othello, where Emilia, who has been victimized by Iago in many ways, uh, in the final scene. And sees what Othello has, uh, when Othello has killed Desdemona and she tears into him with incredibly racist language, mm. which is always, you know, is a very powerful moment, I think, in any production where the audience has to reckon with that and the systemic racism in that play that reaches out to everyone, like it or not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it's in the water, you know, it's, it's, and, and that, that it, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, that she has to make a meal out of it, right? The way Graziano might. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that you, that is a conscious choice to not call him by name, to, to, you know, to, uh, to have the, but why you decide I'm still back on Amber, why you give it 
to her to do. I don't know. I don't know if it's like we're walking back from the court and I got a year. I'm holding a piece of paper and she's holding a piece of paper. And on the walk, we realize who has what? Like it, it, it feels too casual. I think we think, which is half of what you're touching on, Aubrey. Of it's like the transition of joke, joke, joke to like, oh, by the way, once your dad dies, when your dad's um, dead, here's you get all this money. Sweet. And like, I want to call him a Jew, but he's really not anymore because we just forced yeah. him to give up his religion. And he disowned you. And yeah. So like just everything that's going on underneath this, like, hey, here's some money when your dad's dead. Yeah. Well, true. But, uh, Aubrey, when it's I'm still Lorenzo, not Jessica, really. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's still to Lorenzo. It's not to Jessica. But I also am looking at the text here, Aubrey, and saying, therefore, do I give to you and Jessica from the rich Jew a special deed of gift after his death? This, this feels legalese to me. This doesn't feel casual or, oh, by the way, mm. it, it feels like you're channeling the court again. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Well, it just, you know, Shylock presumably has been forced to convert at this point. And so it feels like this nice touch to point out that even after Shylock's conversion, he's still not going to be accepted as a peer. We're still going to refer to him as the Jew. You can convert all you want and you're still not going to be equal with us in society. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that there's, there's a, yeah, there's an official aspect of it too. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe I'm, I, I'm going to walk back my, my earlier thought of instead of it being banter, maybe by using my, the clerk, Amber, is that a, is that a, yeah. Mm. Formalized. It's a, it's a, it's a, a cue to Aubrey to, uh, channel the court. Yeah. We need to know the official stance on this one. Yeah. So they understand it. I think that that makes more sense to me. Um, it's, I mean, I mean, exhausted. so like for us to like have time and energy to like, after all the, the, we're going to sleep with other people jokes to make, I don't know. No, I, I absolutely. Like, I mean, I like that choice. Yeah. Narissa still doesn't, I think it's true to form. Narissa does like, does get in a little lawyer joke, but it doesn't have to be a big one, right? It doesn't have to be a, 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 a major need, event. Yeah, we don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. It it gives you a sort of a sober, a a, a sober side to Narissa that I think is fascinating and a, and a a very revealing moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, She takes this seriously. She gives that, that paper to that, that, that deed. We, we hear about how she refers to Shylock. Um, and you, you do become the clerk again. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. Go Shakespeare packing in a bunch in like three lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's what I love about the end of any of his plays. It's, it feels like there's, there's still so many, so much to unpack and these characters are still going through things to the very last moment. Mm -hmm. It's no one's coasting to the end. Um, uh, a, a couple of quick thoughts uh, from the uh, at the top, Marcel. Could could you hold on? Could we try holding off on the laughing until after Amber's full line. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I um, because of the nature of uh, Zoom, I had written about a laugh before we had talked about was uh, from last week, and yeah. then I did, and I thought, oh, wait, that's not going to work because it's you know you know. It, it just doesn't work on Zoom. Yeah. And then, uh, yes, yes, the answer to your question, yes, <laughs> absolutely. 
but I, I'm no, I'm glad you tried it because it was like it, what you're right. We we were thinking like, what would it be like if we tried this? And I think that like I, like we've discussed in the past few weeks, what would work beautifully on stage with a with a hearing you as they come in. But I, I, I part of the reason too is I feel like Amber, what I am really interested in is the melancholy you're bringing to Portia at the top. That, however, this I'm going to be. An incredibly, probably unhelpful director here for a second. <laughs> if, I, I, I feel like I would encourage you to, to not let go of that ever in the scene in whatever way that takes place. I don't mean that that's the dominant note, but mm-hmm. there is a, there is the sadder and, but wiser you and Narissa having yeah. seen this toxic masculinity, seeing the anti-Semitism, the what now about our men and the, 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 what we were talking about your compass spinning, right? That you're, that Aubrey's had to be like, by the way, that is your, that's your window. That's your light. That's your music. And that will allow, I think that it could bring out some interesting notes later in the scene. Yeah. And I think especially if Marcel is still playing with that, who, like, who is this person I'm married to now? And like, what, what else are you capable of? Yeah. Um, for us to both hold that is interesting. Yeah. So you're both thinking, who are you? I, I, yeah. I don't know. Who are you? Yeah. You know, we're, we're maybe we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, and I'm wondering, Amber, when, you know, that, you know, we talked about that pivot, that switch to, oh, husband, you know, and yeah. it, which I think is, is great. I, I wonder what happens if it occurred to me that in, you know, as an alternative to the one, to her 180, is there anything in using that text to get to where he is? Yeah. Rather than flipping a switch that you have to actually, it's, it takes, it costs you a little bit to, you know, shift away from the melancholy to pull yourself out of that place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the God sort all is a nice spot for that. Or yeah. even after the, the, you should all sense be much bound to him. Like at some point I, I got to get it together. But the fact that I say it must appear in other ways than in words when I'm welcoming Antonio yeah. makes me think I have not been a good host until this point. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know I haven't appeared it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are <laughs> welcome. Well, I, I absolutely agree. But I also, I would add Amber, I think Porsche's on a bad day is a lot of people's excellent day. Sure. I would agree. I think she's her own worst critic. Mm. One of the reasons I love about her, <laughs> one of many things I love that she, she's like, I, you know what I mean? And I, I think that Ross, I mean, you're playing this nicely of which if she's going, uh, well, I'm just the worst hostess right now. I, I, you know, I love that you're like, I don't see it, but <laughs> to your standards, Amber, you've let yourself down. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're saying you're, you're feeling out of sorts and, and that, and it can, it can be there overtly, but it can, it can also just be internal at times too, right? You're just, you know that how that happens? Like I know I'm, I'm supposed to be on, I'm hosting and people are like, no, you're doing great. This is a great party. Is it? Okay. Is it? As we all stand outside <laughs> and home and beat them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great stuff. Thank you. Um, Sarah, what's that line about gelt again? The, the what would you want to do to the clerk? Would he were gelt? Want to snip him? Yeah, and what when what what's the actual line? Oh, uh, 
would he wear guilt that had it from my part since you do take it love so much at heart? Yeah, there, there's, um, I think you can slow that down just a bit so we can get even more of the meaning of what you want to do to him. Mm-hmm. And there's a, and I, and I think there are places, Sarah, that you can, uh, I, I, I love that you're letting him be much more fiery, Im, impetuous to sort of Joe Pesci to Bassanio and, and, and which is fantastic. I think there are places you can find to downshift him or, or like, for example, when you, when you out Bassanio, what if that's a moment when you actually decide to, to, to downshift to a place of confidence again hmm. and then lose it again? <laughs> right. Because right now it feels like we're at DEFCON 5 for a while. I feel that as well. <laughs> That's crazy. So, which I think is, you know, it's there in the text, but I think there's now there's, now there's opportunities to be like, you know what, you know what, you know what. We're, mm-hmm. I'm going to breathe. It's all good. It's going to be fine, especially now that I'm pulling Bassanio in, my BFF. We'll work this out. And right. then you can start to, you know, the end of the world can come again. Yeah, I I had this thought this this, this last time through where I went, my God, like every single thing I'm saying and doing just feels like the wrong thing. And I don't mean like as an actor, I'm sitting here hating myself. I just mean like, Gratiano, like, are you kidding me? And I went, well, maybe he's somebody who, because I do this, I think I probably shouldn't say that. And then it immediately comes out, you know, so maybe that is my way through this. It's just saying things despite uh not knowing that you shouldn't be saying them, but, but yeah, finding those moments of I'm going to get this under control before I completely lose control again is useful. Yeah. And I think there's something fun, Sarah, when Graziano is like, Oh wait, I got it. This is going to work. Listen to what the band said. Right. So there are moments where I think you can have that confidence that is not coming out of desperation, but a sense of, am I right folks? It's lame. It's lame. Which makes it even worse in a new way. Uh-huh. That makes sense. So yeah, that's great. I think you and uh, you and Marcelo, part of it is is finding uh, many different ways to grab at those straws. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Amber, that that line about riveted with faith, the way you're describing the the, the ring, you know, when you're uh, I, that that's an opportunity you might want to play with slowing down a little bit, letting us hear that image of like I always think of like literally like a metal riveter right or a, a, like one of those I, I don't know like a big piece of machinery that's just binding it to your hand like something out of marvel mm-hmm. right like let us hear the weight of that um oh okay mm-hmm. i found it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and um and Marcelo and Amber, I, I I love where you're both are heading with the with the ring, for the ring, you know, that point counterpoint. I, I think you both can actually take just a little more time with each of those cards you put on the table. Great. If you do this, then that, right? And and allowing that rhythm to be established by you, Marcelo, and then Amber, you meet yeah. him every step of the way. Yeah, I was uh, wondering if um, the reason I had sped it up, I was wondering that by slowing it down, it becomes too, um, kind of, um, I don't know, punchy is the word and not flowy, but I'm going to slow it down. And yeah, let's, can, let's see what happens. I mean, I, I, you're right. I don't, yeah. I don't, we don't, you and I both don't want it to feel overly punchy, but you know what I realized? What? Early version of mansplaining. 
<laughs> and it's hilarious because I literally was there and did the thing. Exactly. But here no, you okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me explain to you something. Okay, honey, I just want to explain. And I bet you this meant this and E equals F equals G. Yeah. And, you would right? see that it's, it's all good. Yeah, exactly. So I couldn't help point, myself. That's right. Yeah. So Marcel, I think by the time you get to the end of that theorem, right? Yeah. Step back from the back, the blackboard, like goodwill hunting. Yeah. Like, like, hey, look, look, look here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You this leave math out of this, Brendan. <laughs> and that's it. That's one of those moments, Marcel, that I'm thinking at the end when you're going, who are you? That's one of the first big moments of, wow. She just took me to town every step of the way. Right. She yes. had an answer for every one of those points. Exactly. Which were really good points. Yes. And now she's, she's bested you every, every one of those points. Um, and, and Amber, uh, I think Anne Aubrey, the, can, can we explore a little more of like a, that new idea of, oh, here's a thought. I'm going to be now as liberal as you. Okay. It felt a little prepackaged right now. It felt like we were already ready for that, but to, continue to think as a group about how we're backing through the scene that we don't expect this to go on as long or as badly as it does. So it allows, I think you and Aubrey both to be like, well, okay, since we're here, you know, part of the fun is watching these two very smart women improvised in a way they wish they didn't have to, but now we're going to go here. Yeah. But you're improvising in a way that just keeps digging everyone deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Amber, I think it's Argosies. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and um, uh, and and Ross, I think when as as you interject those couple of times, I I, I think you can let your let let Antonio go even further with his guilt, rising guilt, his sense of, do I jump in? Do I not? Right. I feel like he's a pretty discreet person in general Mm -hmm. and, and carries a lot of depth to him, but his choice of having to do what am I, is this the right time to step in? (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Amber, are you good? I think we, Oh, there you are. Okay. (laughs) Um, Great. Can we, can we, are we up for trying again? Pick from the top. Absolutely. See what happens. That would be fun. <laughs> Amber, are you okay? <laughs> good. A lot going on in the house, but we're good. <sighs> this night, methinks, is but the daylight sick. It looks a little paler. Tis a day such as the day is when the sun is hid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should hold day with the antipodes if you would walk in absence of the sun. Let me give light, but let me not be light. For a light wife doth make for a heavy husband, and never be Bassanio so for me. But God sort all. You are welcome home, my lord. I thank you, madam. Give welcome to my friend. This is the man. This is Antonio, to whom I am so infinitely bound. You should in all sense be much bound to him, for as I hear, he was much bound for you. No more than I am well acquitted of. Sir, you are welcome to our house. It must appear in other ways than words. Therefore, I scant this breathing courtesy. 
By yonder moon, I swear, you do me wrong. In faith, I gave it to the judge's clerk. Would he were guilt that had it for my part, since you do take it, love, so much at heart? A quarrel? Oh, already, what's the matter? About a hoop of gold, a paltry ring that she did give me, whose posy was for all the world, like Cutler's poetry upon a knife. Love me and leave me not. What talk you of the posy or the value? You swore to me when I did give it you that you would wear it till your hour of death and that it should lie with you in your grave. Though not for me, yet for your vehement oaths, you should have been respective and have kept it. Gave it a judge's clerk. No, God's my judge. The clerk will ne'er wear hair on his face that had it. He will, and he lived to be a man. Aye, if a woman lived to be a man. Now by this... By this hand, I gave it to a youth, a, a kind of boy, a, a little scrubbed boy, no higher than myself, the judge's clerk, a, a prating boy that begged it as a fee. I could not for my heart deny it him. You were to blame. I must be plain with you, to part so slightly with your wife's first gift. A thing stuck on with oaths upon your finger and so riveted with faith unto your flesh. I gave my love a ring and made him swear never to part with it. And here he stands. I dare be sworn for him. He would not leave it nor pluck it from his finger for the wealth the world masters. Now, in faith, Gratiano, you give your wife too unkind a cause of grief. And to me, I should be mad at it. Why, I were best to cut my left hand off and swear I lost the ring defending it. My lord Bassanio gave his ring away unto the judge that begged it, and indeed deserved it too. And then the boy, his clerk, that took some pains in writing, he begged mine, and neither man nor master would take aught but the two rings. What ring gave you, my lord? Not that I hope which you received of me. Uh, if I could add a lie unto a fault, I would deny it. But uh, you see, my, my finger hath no ring upon it. It is gone. Even so void is your false heart of truth. By heaven, I will ne'er come to your bed until I see the ring. Nor I in yours till I again see mine. Sweet Portia, if you did know to whom I gave the ring, if you did know for whom I gave the ring and would conceive for what I gave the ring and how unwillingly I left the ring, when naught would be accepted but the ring, you would abate the strength of your displeasure. If you had known the virtue of the ring, or half her worthiness that gave the ring, or your own honor to contain the ring, you would not have parted with the ring. What man is there so much unreasonable if you had pleased to have defended it? With any terms of zeal wanted the modesty to urge the thing held as in a ceremony. Nerissa teaches me what to believe. I'll die for but to some woman had the ring. No. By my honor, madam, by my soul, no woman had it but a civil doctor, which did refuse three thousand ducats of me and begged the ring, the which I did deny him and suffered him to go displeased away, even if he had had held up the very life of my dear friend. What should I say, sweet lady? I was enforced to send it after him. I was beset with shame and courtesy. My honor would not let ingratitude so much besmear it. Pardon me, good lady, for by these blessed candles of the night, had you been there, I think you would have begged the ring of me to give the worthy doctor. 
Let not that doctor e'er come near my house, since he hath the jewel that I loved, and that which you did swear to keep for me. I will become as liberal as you. I'll not deny him anything I have. No, not my body, nor my husband's bed. No, him I shall. I am well sure of it. Lie not a night from home. Watch me like Argus. If you do not, if I be left alone now by mine honor, which is yet mine own, I'll have the doctor for my bedfellow. And I, his clerk. Therefore, be well advised how you do leave me to mine own protection. I'll do you so. Let me not take him then, for if I do, I'll mar the young clerk's pen. I am the unhappy subject of these quarrels. Sir, grieve not you. You are welcome, notwithstanding. Portia, forgive me this enforced wrong. And in the hearing of these many friends, I swear to thee, even by thine own fair eyes, wherein I see myself. Mark you but that. <laughs> in both my eyes, he doubly sees himself, and each eye one. Swear by your double self, and there's an oath of credit. Nay, but hear me. Pardon this fault, and by my soul I swear I never more will break an oath with thee. I once did lend my body for his wealth, which, but for him that had your husband's ring, had quite miscarried. I dare be bound again, my soul upon the forfeit, that your lord will never more break faith advisedly. Then you shall be his surety. Give him this, and bid him keep it better than the other. Here, Lord Bassanio, swear to keep this ring. By heaven, it is the same I gave the doctor. I had it of him. Pardon me, Bassanio, for by this ring, the doctor lay with me. And pardon me, my gentle Graciano, for that same scrubbed boy, the doctor's clerk, in lieu of this, last night did lie with me. Why? This is like the mending of highways in summer, where the ways are fair enough. What are we cuckled ere we have deserved it? Speak not so grossly. You are all amazed. Here is a letter. Read it at your leisure. It comes from Padua, from Bellario. There you shall find that Portia was the doctor. Nerissa there, her clerk. Lorenzo here shall witness I set forth as, but as soon as you, and even but now returned. I have not yet entered my house. Antonio, you are welcome. And I have better news in store for you than you expect. Unseal this letter soon. And there you shall find three of your argosies are richly come to harbor suddenly and shall not know by what strange accident I chanced upon this letter. I am dumb. Were you the doctor and I knew you not? You the clerk that is to make me cuckold? Aye, but the clerk that never means to do it unless he lived to be a man. Sweet doctor, you shall be my bedfellow. When I am absent, then lie with my wife. Sweet lady, you have given me life and living. For here I read for certain that my ships are safely come to road. How now, Lorenzo? My clerk hath some good comforts for you two. Aye, and I'll give them him without a fee. 
There do I give to you and Jessica from the rich Jew a special deed of gift after his death of all he dies possessed of. It is almost morning, and yet I am sure you are not satisfied of these events at full. Let us go in and charge us upon and charge us thereupon interrogatories, and we will answer all things faithfully. Let it be so. The first interrogatory that my Nerissa shall be sworn on is whether till the next night she had rather stay or go to bed now, being two hours today. That were the day come, I should wish it dark till I were couching with the doctor's clerk. <clears throat> well, while I live, I'll fear no other thing so sore as keeping safe Nerissa's ring. Lovely job, folks. I, that was, I think that was wonderful. I mean, what, what you all incorporated, what was that like? Uh, I, I feel like there was so many new things and the, the yeah. temperature changes and what, 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 what was it like for you all? It was a good feel. I mean, it was a trying to incorporate the notes in on the run like that, like, like in a rehearsal as you would and, uh, finding things and, uh, it, it, it was, um, it was, it was, it was a nice, it was so, for me, the experience was so much different than the first take, you know, if, uh, in, in a relaxed kind of way. I mean, meaning that just kind of breathe into it. And, uh, even I tend to run fast anyway, um, to, to slow down a little bit and, uh, and, and go with those intentions and the, the different ways to try to manipulate a little bit and, and move through it. Um, and uh, what's hard for me is, is, uh, you know, I want to look and I want to look to see people's reaction. And then I think, oh, then the look is all weird because really the look is as you're looking at the, the script that's in front of you, but it's okay. Uh, it, it was, um, I, I found it fulfilling this kind of run through this, uh, the second one. Yeah. Other thoughts? It's a lot of fun each time because I get to, I get to listen and react to what's going on most of the time, you know, and so, so, uh, you know, not, not being, you know, everybody's listening as, as all the information's coming, but so many of the other characters are trying to jump in and say their piece, you know, and it's, 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 it's really fun and, uh, 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 being, being able to listen and hear each of those sort of lines, specific lines where, you know, some new information is dropped in, you know, really kind of pop out and, um, you know, seeing like, Oh, where am I culpable? Where, where is this person culpable? Who's treading and, you know, you know, in places they shouldn't. Um, and, uh, it, you know, each it, it's uh, you know sometimes sometimes when you're when when you're listening over and over in a scene, you know it's like okay, then this happens and this happens and this happens. But but the fact that it keeps growing every time, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm continually having these sort of like aha moments just from hearing what's happening around me. You know, I saw that Ross right. when when you slowed down Marcelo on that speech of the who for whom I gave the ring. When you and Amber did that, which I thought was beautiful, point counterpoint, I I really clocked because you slowed down a little bit there, Marcel. I looked over at you, Ross, when he said, "For whom I did this," and I saw you the the eight different reactions that you know emotions that Antonio is going through. Of oh my god, oh he didn't say my name. Oh, uh, you know how? Thank you. <laughs> So that's uh, so I, I saw you clocking that new information, and that to me was one of those especially vivid moments where 
where it felt like, and I saw Antonio was expecting in a way to be outed and you weren't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just had a fun thought that that time, just as we were going through it. And I know it's written as an aside, which usually means to the audience, but I was like, God, if we were on stage, how, what would be the difference between Bassanio delivering the line about, I wish I could cut my hand off if it, delivering that to the audience or delivering that to Antonio as mm-hmm. an aside to Antonio, you know, I thought that, you know, that, I mean, that's a choice for directors yeah. and actors to make in a, in a production, but you know, it was just something about at that time that like, you know, tweaked my brain a little. But, Which could seem very much like two BFFs, right? Yeah, like, and, I, and I don't know that 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 aside too is uh, is to the audience more than to himself, right? It's uh, right, right, it's, right. it's uh, but I like the idea of 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 to himself and then sharing part of it maybe with with Antonio, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But um, other other thoughts, um, Amber, Sarah, Aubrey. Uh, I just appreciated the the. Um active choice that you gave me to um, not be a 10 the entire time. It, being able to slow down was an entirely different experience for this character. Um, and it also, it actually where it slowed me down the most was uh, in being able to hear everyone else. Um, Cause I think if I'm, if I'm in a mood where I'm speaking fast, then I'm going to be in a mood where I'm listening fast as well. And so the, they're, they're so linked to each other. So I, I heard things that, I haven't heard before in this scene in a whole new way, which was really a, nice. It was a relief. <laughs> I like I was in the same scene with everybody finally. <laughs> well, and, and well, yes, but Sarah also, I think it was, it was really important to find those, those peaks earlier mm-hmm. in the process so you could get hold of those and you use those. You just use them more sparingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amber, Aubrey, any thoughts? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, this is just brings it so, it's so clear how much, uh, it benefits from uh, these scenes benefit from, from this amount of thought and care and table work because this scene is so, is relatively short. It moves really quickly. It's the end of a comedy. I feel like it would be really easy to gloss over all of these really tiny things we keep finding. And then the shifts happen so quickly, just in terms of the experience of being in it from like, you know, flirty to fighty to guilty. I mean, just there's so much going on every moment. And so allowing ourselves the time to ex- explore that and find that. And I'm sure we could continue to find many more. But uh yeah, I'm just it, it's really apparent to me how, how much we could dig and and that how beneficial it is. So that's what I'd say. Yeah. Aubrey, that um, reminds me of uh, the end of uh, a much earlier of his comedies, Two Gentlemen of Verona, that, you know, it, it's a much more straightforward uh, setup. There's not as many uh, maybe cultural themes going on, but there's there's the potential rape. There's the the, the broken friendship. And, and yet it's like, you know, a comedy. But, you know, so it's the same kind of thing of like there's all this very weighty stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, like how much you can, uh, explore from moments. I'm sorry. I just wanted to jump in. It's really been wonderful to watch all you guys. And I, and I, I want us to continue the discussion a little bit. And, and Amber, if there was something you wanted to add before we kind of, you know, talk about, uh, any other points, but, uh, yeah, uh, Brendan, I really enjoyed that note about, um, pacing and discovery. I thought it gave, uh, same to what Sarah and Aubrey were saying. I heard new lines of my own, but also other people that I was like, that's a good argument. And I'm going to have to, respond to that later um, and then could find when she could get a word in to what you were saying, Ross, or when someone else spoke too quickly and now the the point has passed. It, it happens really quickly. Um, 
I yeah. felt like your your Portia too, Amber, when you were slowing her down and, and you used that melancholy of hers, I felt like she aged in this past. Literally or figuratively. I felt like she I felt like you were caring more. Portia was was more uh uh dealing with ambivalence and bittersweet feelings and 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 very complicated even more complicated feelings. And I, I really saw you trying to kind of get on, you know, try to engage with the game. But I saw the cost. I saw that it was, um, it was difficult for yeah. you to, to navigate. Did you feel that? That note was really helpful. The idea of putting the mask on and uh, what are we losing? And just me thinking through all the times she mentions her own freedom or her own intellect and um, going back to something we talked about last week of, of knowing that that freedom is slipping away the closer they get to consummating the marriage and that we are closer and closer to becoming property. And yeah, think, this, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say that the one of my last things was I, I thought the ending was, was, uh, where you went, where the men went in terms of, uh, the, the penny dropping of where you, were you the doctor? And I think where, with Sarah and Marcelo, I really saw some very different colors in those Latin, that last page and watching the sobriety and the, the, the newness of, of these, the way you're looking at these women. Um, and, and not really, and, and really, um, uh, at sea, so to speak, about where, how to, how to grasp it. And the simplicity of that was, I thought, really powerful. Yeah, me. I love the, uh, the simplicity and also the, the, uh, the little, the, the tentativeness of walking on eggshells on that last line that you gave that note about, you know, and that just, uh, that landed for me too. Um, that note. Yeah, if we, if we had another moment to go back and do it again, I'd, I'd, the the thing that I wasn't prepared for was, you know, making that switch to that, that awe and that respect and then dropping back into that clunkiest ending of all time um, was such a, I was like, Oh, Oh, we're back, back in the sex jokes again. Oh, okay. I missed that transition. Well, but Sarah, it's still Graziano, right? Graziano is <laughs> going to Graziano. I mean, if we've learned anything, it's like you, you've right. got, but that's not, but it's like you can move the needle somewhat, but you know, it, he's not totally a different person. But I, but I will say, Sarah, at the same time, I felt like you went to the sex joke, but then at the end, I thought I saw a new color there where I don't know if you felt this, Aubrey, but when you, when you gave her those last few lines of, I will think of nothing else but taking, keeping care, taking care of her ring. I believed you for the first time. Oh, good. I, I felt like, oh. This guy actually is not has stopped for a second the joke machine, and he doesn't know how he's going to do it, mm-hmm. but he knows it's important. I don't know, Arby. Did you? Yeah. Think, did you? Well, I just say like the, the subtext then is because you're worth it, yep. which has I mean really, isn't that what we've just wanted to know this entire time? Like, isn't that the, isn't that the thing we've actually been trying to find out if we're worth it to them? Yeah. It, it's a fun little swoop. It's like, it's swooping into one more joke and then back to the, the, the new fresh sobriety in a nice way. Yeah. It, it I mean, as an observer, it, it, like that, the second time the ending felt like, I think everybody is actually going to be okay, including Antonio. Like there, there just seemed to be a little bit more hopefulness, uh, about everyone. And, and, and of course that's, that's my own kind of interpretation of what I saw, but, uh, that was uh, that was the energy that uh, that came through for me. Yeah, I I, and, I yeah. think I I would agree. I think what I got that second time was I I think there's a chance 
Hmm. I, I, I think if they can keep this up, if Graziano can lower the joke quotient, if Bassanio can turn off the charm machine, right? And they can grow the F up. Maybe there's a chance. Whereas I think last week, I don't know, would we all agree that we were, I, I, I think there was no hope for these couples where we ended it at the end of last week, which was fine. I mean, like to me, that's right. right. That's a certain valid production. And I'm, I'm not in any way saying we need to move towards a bow on the, you know, the wedding cake with any of this. But I agree, Nathan, like to me, because we saw a little maturity, uh, sobriety, simplicity Mm -hmm. from Marcelo and Sarah at the end. And I felt like you, you, um, Amber and Aubrey, uh, heard that or saw that. I felt like you received it and it's, and you're, you know, you're noting it. It's not like, all, the, all is forgiven, but this idea of value, it just occurred to me, Arby, I never thought of this quite this way before, but isn't that kind of one of the big themes of the play, realizing? It's value monetarily, the ships, mm. the value of my body, my soul, my relationships. Like, what value do you place on anything? I didn't quite, I don't think I, that quite hit me to such mm. a degree that we were working on this. Yeah, it's uh, the, the the discussion is so uh, so rich. It's it's wonderful, and and, and that I want to touch on that again in a second. Um, you know, I was just thinking about Graziano at the end. I think there there are many people that use as a defense mechanism humor, and so like in an uncomfortable moment, it's just we all feel this is uncomfortable, and I need to say something to get us through this moment. So, but yeah, it was really great. The different colors uh, Sarah found uh, at the end there. Um, and the other thing I wanted to, if I'm interpreting the line correctly, I love that there's a 400 year old traffic joke that uh, Graziano throws in there that it's just like, we all still know, like, really? Like we just, we want to get to the beach and they wanted to work on the road this week. Like why, why are they doing like, Cause they got to use their, they, yeah, they have to use their budget up. Like, God, why are they doing this? They know we're all going to the beach this week. Um, yeah, I just love that. That is so Still so timeless. Yeah, um, I, I agree, Nathan. It's like that's why I heard that more this time than than before, and I, I mean, it tells you again something about Graziano, right? Where right. his priorities are. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was uh, there's a lot I wanted to highlight about the work that you guys did. I'll just I'm going to drop something in uh, the chat for people again. If you're enjoying this kind of discussion, this kind of process, we do have the new program repertory. Uh, Brendan is actually one of the directors in that, and Sarah is in the company uh, uh, working on Twelfth Night. Um, so you can you can kind of keep uh, uh, chugging along with us as, as we work on Twelfth Night. Um, but coming back to uh, the merchant, you know what I loved about this group particularly is you guys spent so much time discussing the scene. And uh, as Aubrey mentioned, there is so much to talk about and so much to unpack. Um, and just one of the things I wanted to kind of highlight that I, I think uh, was, it was great to have such a spirited discussion about this um, was just kind of what is okay for men, but maybe not okay for women. Uh, and so like that, the introduction of like that, the women might've been philandering too. And, and just, you know, well, is this, you know, I just wanted to kind of hear, um, you know, from the company, uh, you know, what was it like to, to be able to discuss that and, and maybe some things that you um, uncovered or, or just being able to bring that in, you know, to the scene that, that you had the time to really think about that. Um, if anyone wanted to kind of share their thoughts and just, just that discussion of the male, the, um, uh, expectations, I guess, of, of what is okay for men versus women. Can I jump in on this? Yeah. Um, uh, 
uh, Graziano, right after the traffic joke, he says, um, what are we cuckolds ere we have deserved it? Which is a line that I really latched onto in this process. This, like, Graziano is a character who knows he is going to end up cheating on his wife. He, he knows that that is a given. And he assumes that it's a given with Bassanio as well, which is uh, what makes this discovery that we've had right here at the end, at least for me, all the more rewarding that Graziano actually might have a hope of change, that it does take um, seeing Nerissa, seeing her in a completely new light to understand that maybe this is somebody I get to see on an equal level. Um, because I, I think it is just throughout, it is the assumption that, there's that double standard. I, um, you know, what I love about it, uh, uh, this man woman thing, right? Is that he, he captures it in a way that is so real because for us that are, that are in relationships, whatever that the partner is, there's the men and women thing is like think the men, the men are from Mars and the women are from Venus, right? That, that it's so evident here that the guys are they're trying to think things through, but the women are always ahead. I, I, I mean, I find that that you know, with in in all in my with my wife and, and thirty two years, right? She, like she she thinks that it's ahead. I mean, she's always ahead of me, and I think it, it's very clear here in the way the. The, the guys are going like, yeah, hey, you should understand. They go, Mm-mm, you promised. You know, there's a, that difference between men and women to, is very clear in here. Um, and, and how they, they, they work and how men are, they seem to struggle and the women seem to be really knowing what's going on. I kind of love that about this. I mean, not to let a- 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 Antonio Tully off the hook, but I, I'm curious, Ross, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Where do you think Antonio, what have you discovered about where Antonio lies on that, uh, um, you know, gender role, uh, approach paradigm? Oh gosh. Ah, I hadn't even really considered it, uh, it, uh I guess in, until this moment because it's kind of, you know, as far as it, it hasn't even been on, on my radar as far as Antonio goes, um, except for the, the, the Although I will say that, that, uh, before we did this the first time today, when you said, Hey, why don't, why don't we exit in this order? And Antonio's the last one off. And I, and I thought, okay, well, I have to do something with that moment. And I, and I just quickly did the math and I said, okay, a couple goes this way. A couple goes this way. There's a couple that's in the scene, but we don't have characters for, they go off that way. And they've all been sort of reunited with, with their, their partner. And I'm reunited with my partner. You know, it's it, Antonio's thing has been has been, you know, the the concern over over, you know, his money, his friendship and this and that. Well, he he doesn't lose his friend, but he sort of, you know, he, it's very clear now that he's he's in second place as far as obligation goes, you know, uh, in his friend's life, um, you know. And so it's yay, this this I, this great news just came. Everything's so wonderful. But now in the context of everything that I've just witnessed and everyone going off. I, I am alone. And so there's, you know, I, 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 I don't know how much, how much of the male female dynamic, um, it, it just, I hadn't really thought of it in terms of that way, but more of the life priorities and obligations and, uh, uh, loyalties and, and, and that sort of thing, I guess. Um, I, I want to pick up on, on something you were talking about, uh, or you mentioned there, Ross, is that, and, and, and I know you guys talked about, 
Brendan, that what what is wonderful about this medium is that everybody has a close up that you get to see the reactions of everybody in the scene. And and this is a, a great representative scene because you know everybody's being talked about uh and being referenced even if they don't have dialogue. And um, you know, even uh, you know, Lorenzo and Jessica who have lines early in the scene, but you know, they say nothing during almost all of this. And then even when Narissa presents, you know, the, the gift, all Lorenzo says is basically thank you. And, and you know, th- there's not an extended discussion there. So it's, it, it's just, it's just a fascinating, I mean, we didn't explore this casting a Jessica or Lorenzo, but it would be very fascinating in this medium just to see, you know, Antonio, Lorenzo and Jessica just, just there. And like, how are they taking in this whole scene the whole time? I mean, I think, uh, you know, Ross, it was, it was interesting to hear, you know, you, you know, what you had kind of been working on and, and your perspective in the scene. Cause I, I think it also highlights that, um, you know, that, that old adage that there are no small parts, you know, and all that kind of stuff that there's actually a lot for Antonio in this scene. Um, you know, there, there's a lot for you to be, you know, listening to and responding to. And because you're being taught, I mean, as you say, like, I'm, I'm the person that this is all because of like, I, you know, and then you finally feel compelled to say something. So it's just, it's, it's really fascinating to um, just, you know, see how well you guys use the medium for all of those, you know, to, to, to stay so involved in the scene um, and stay so engaged. It was, so I, I just wanted to kind of make more of a note of that, that uh, it was really uh, exciting to watch and just to see everybody have, uh, have a life that, you know, as Brendan has mentioned, you know, you're not just, upstage uh, in the, in the shadows that everybody's on screen. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, did, I, I, we mentioned a little bit with Ross, but did anyone else, you know, find that a, a, a challenge or a, a delight to, you know, have to be so engaged the whole time or did it help with the process? Any, any thoughts on that? It's just always, it's, it's always great to be able to remind yourself that you're never, you never get to check out. You never get to, you know, think about what you're having for dinner or whatever. You just have to be present. You have to listen. Um, and all of the discoveries then you make, oh, you're like, oh, that isn't even my cue, but they're referencing me. They're talking about me. They're talking about something that affects me. Uh, I have an opinion on that. I have an opinion on that. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I also teach acting to co- college students and, and we, the first thing we work on is listening. And it, you know, I think it is, and I say this in the, in the room, I think it is the, the simplest and the hardest skill as an actor. I think it is, we all think, Oh, listening. Cool. I, yeah, I can do that. And then we're like, how often in life do we actually just fully listen to somebody? Uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's an active, it's an active thing and we've, you can't, you cannot be, like you say, you cannot be on your heels in your yeah. mind. You have to be on your tippy toes perched. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a great, I mean, Aubrey, I think you bring up a great example. Like in, in real life, if, if, if you ever have done the exercise where somebody says something, especially if you're on opposite sides of a, of a, of a, of a discussion, if one person says something and then go, okay, now repeat back what you just heard. Very often it's very different because we all have our own filters. We all have our own perspectives. Uh, and so, so yeah, to really, like you said, it's a very, uh, it's a skill that you really have to work at. It, it's, you know what it is, cause we we're just having this discussion with my daughter and my wife the other day. It's about, uh, because you want to interrupt somebody with, so they're t- saying something, you have a thought, so then you're not present. And it's that thing about being present 
in the listening, right? Present in the moment, then you're listening and not thinking about how you're going to answer yet, right? It's, and it's the hardest thing in the world in life. And I think on stage two is, is a difficult thing to be just in the moment present. I mean, that's what we all fight to, to do. And I think when that happens, it's, it flies. And and I think it's so fascinating that Shakespeare gives you text that you need to do both that, you know, something's, you know, somebody says something in you that catapults you into wanting to say something. And yet at the same time, there's a lot of verbal wordplay. Like you, you are actively listening because you pick up on what somebody's saying and very often you'll repeat it or you'll say the opposite. And so, you know, it's, it's that, it's that balance of not only, not only now do I want to tell you my opinion, but I've also, but I have been listening to what you've been saying. So it's, it's such a, it's such a great, um, you know, dexterity and, and a, a challenge for, for an actor to be able to have to, or to do both of those things at the same time to be so fiercely, uh, uh, uh want to declare what you have to say, but then also really be listening to the other person. Uh, and I think this is a great scene again, where you have Marcelo, as you've talked about, um, well, you know, this, well, this is how I see it. Like, isn't this very clear? Like, this is obvious. And so you, you come in with these very strong opinions. So, um, Nathan, can I, can I, yeah, yeah quick, please, Brenda. We'll circle back to a question you had posed a few minutes ago. And I'd love, I don't think I, I am I, if I'm wrong, but, um, I'd love, you were asking about the, the idea of gender roles in the scene. And I, I don't think we had heard from Amber Aubrey on this. And I just, I would love to, to, uh, I, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts if, if you two are up for that. I'm up for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, is why, this is why I, I mean, use the word spirited. Uh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. This is why I use the word spirited because I, I remember that <laughs> it was, it was, it was a good discussion. It was a healthy discussion. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I think this is historical, right? I mean, th- this, this idea of, of, of fidelity and fidelity and like, um, taking it for granted that the, that the men will cheat and the women will stay home. But also, like, I just want to pose for a second, like, who has the power in infidelity? If a man cheats, what happens? He gets a bastard kid. If a woman cheats and nobody finds out, that kid gets the fortune. You know what I'm saying? Like, if a, if a woman cheats and has a kid and like out of, you know, and, and the husband never finds out, like your, you know, daddy's genes don't get passed on. <laughs> right. So there is this like, in a way, like, no wonder there's, I don't know, I just think there's, that's so, that's what's so interesting to me about this conversation about fidelity is there's sort of like, oh yeah, men will cheat, like, no big deal, but like the women, they'll be cool. But w- the consequences really come, like, if the women do, you know what I mean? So this whole like, well, we cheated on you, you know, that, that rule reversal is, could be like legitimately I don't know, terrifying is the wrong word, but it upends the whole structure. Like all that money you made, all that work you did, it's going to some other, other guy's kid, not yours. Um, so I just also think that that's, I don't know, that's an interesting thing uh, to think about. And the fact that the men, like historically, I mean, this is, you know, you look at like Henry VIII, right? Who's like, no, I'm sleeping with a million other women. But if, if I hear uh, that my wife's cheating off with her head, so I don't know. I just, uh, it's, there's so much to unpack there. Uh, and you know, I think we like to think that we're really progressive, but I think there must, there's still some of that in society today and how that, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's a fascinating topic and I will end there. <laughs> so I let Amber speak because I could talk forever on it. I'm sure. No, I'm always down for a nice chat about Shakespearean bastards. I think they're <laughs> some of the most fascinating characters he writes. Um, I thought a lot about the world of law 
as a man's world and the fact that they literally are judge, jury, and executioner. Um, and for us, the smartest people in that room to have to infiltrate it, um, to save our husband's ass and like their best friend have to do so in secret and in hiding. Um, and then have to think, is this a secret we want to reveal? You know, at the top of the scene, everyone's like, we won't tell if you won't, like we will keep it a secret. Um, and for us to think through that, that point, but also have to deal with our honor being on the line and the rings being representative of us and of a vow that our husbands made to us and then giving them away is, is a direct, um, slight to us, but also is, tells a lot about their values and who and what they value more than us. And for new relationships, new marriages, it's, it's a really rocky foot to get off on, especially if we know, um, like Aubrey and Sarah and everyone has been talking about that. They're, they're probably going to be unfaithful whether they do that in a way that is um, kinder to us and that we don't know the woman or don't know that it's happening or it doesn't bear children is one thing, but most likely um, we are not the true love matches of a lot of the other comedies. Um, not in that we don't love them, but in that we can't trust their word and the whole play has proved that they they're liars. Um, and if we're not going to move forward with that, being what men are allowed to do and women are not allowed to do, then we need to set some ground rules of I'm an intelligent being too. And I have agency and it's uh, very much the Amelia monologue. You have me thinking about Othello now, Brendan, um, about women. And like, you know, we, we can do the shit men do and we can hurt feelings too. So if that's what it's going to take, let's hypothetically hurt your feelings in this situation. But the fact that sex is the power that they have to use and it hasn't even been used on these men in their, in their real relationship is really interesting. Can I say one more thing too? Um, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but in most of the comedies um, at the resolution of the marriage, you know, when it is determined that this couple is getting married, the women stops having lines for the most part, you know, Beatrice kiss, I will stop your mouth. She doesn't talk for the rest of the play. Hero doesn't speak, you know, for the, for the rest of the play as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure that tracks through most of the comedies. And this is one of the rare comedies where we get to see these women speak all the way through to the end, just at, which I, I think in contrast, and especially for an audience that is used to the women stopping speaking in this, um, theatrical construct is this extra symbol of power that we probably don't notice as a contemporary audience, because we are used mm -hmm. in contemporary theater for women speaking through to the end. So it's just, it's this final badass power move by these two women to be driving all the way to the end of this play. Yeah. Um, that's a very cool, very interesting observation. Very interesting. Um, well, just as I, I, we could clearly talk about this for another couple hours, uh, I, I, just to wrap it up uh, a little bit, uh, Sarah, I'd love to hear um, from you, you know, in terms of uh, being one of the actors that, you know, signed up for this and, and working on the scene in this way. I'd love to hear about your experience um, working on the text this way uh, in this context, you know, with, with these individuals. What, what was your uh, what was your experience working on the scene? Oh, my God, I love that. Uh, this is so great. Um, uh, Brendan leads the rehearsal room in a way that is, I don't know, like 80 or 90% conversation and discussion. I don't know if that's your normal process, but that's how it felt for this one. It was so much, um, grounding discussion, which, um, when we actually went to the script, I went, oh my God, 
the picture is so complete in my head now. So I don't need to run through this a thousand times and stumble through it and hope that, um, you know, something will clarify by the end. We, 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 we talked through it. We really got in there and um, massaged and dug and it's, it's the way that I would like to do all scene work going forward. So you're not losing your voice by the end of the first rehearsal because you've just been trying to, you know, blindly plow your way through it. It was, it was, it's so enriching. And I, I said this to these guys, I, I have done this play in a different role and um, three weeks of discussion in this room, I unpacked probably as much as I did working on that play four months. <laughs> First time I did, because there was such an emphasis on um, the, the the background and the nuance of, of these characters and the play itself. And everybody here is just so wildly intelligent and informed. It was, I'm, it was, it was a joy every minute of it. Well, it was I'm, a I'm wonder to work this way. I also, Brendan, I just loved the process, um, of this work, of this particular workshop. Um, it, uh, it just, it just comes in, it comes in and into the brain in a very cool way. Uh, and, and I, rather than run and run, run the scene, right? I mean, because that's not, it's, this is a process oriented, um, uh, rehearsal or process oriented workshop. Which is, it should always be process oriented and then, you know, the result, you stay out of the results and then the results come because you've gone through the process, right? And, and, uh, for, it, for me, and it was just been one of my favorites, man. You just. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I, I was, I was very much looking forward to, to working with Brendan. It's been, I think, over 10 years since I've gotten the chance to work with Brendan. And, uh, uh, yes, like rehearsals are this rich and wonderful, even when you're staging a play with Brendan. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you spend, you, you get so much depth. I mean, we've all been in, in, in rehearsals where, you know, the director's freaked out about how much time you have. You get everything on its feet too quickly. And then you're just doing the exact same thing for two weeks. And, and there isn't much growth. And it's it, taking this. That's one of the things I love about working with Brendan is how much, uh, uh, how much you figure out before you even get to your feet. And then you don't have to make all the mistakes on your feet and fix them all and wind back two weeks and figure out where you went wrong. You figure it out, you get it on his feet and it's, and it's rich and it's there and it's just, it's, it's great. And so, so thank you. Thank you, Brendan and Nathan for, for this opportunity. This is awesome. Thank you, everybody. I mean, I, I will say, uh, it's been, I, I, I think I've said this in the past. I so look forward to these hours because it, it takes, it really, I know this is cliche, but it really does take a village for this to, to, to be the process. You were talking about Sarah and, and Marcelo and Ross, and thank you for your kind words. Uh, it, it, I think every, it's, it's, it was about everybody also bringing their most vulnerable selves and curious selves to this discussion. And I felt like people were not afraid to quote, get out of their lane or think, well, here's a thought, even though this isn't exactly my line or, or what's, what this whole beat is about that we were collectively coming with the whole picture, like you were saying, or so this, this idea of what's the world we're, we're talking about. It, everyone I felt was, I, I, I hope it seemed to me like everybody was feeling they could offer up a thought at any point, which to me makes it really exciting because I, I felt like the amount of discoveries we were making. And uh, I, I agree, Ross, I just don't think there's much value in just running and running into the ground. Um, it is, it's so important to connect those dots, right? I mean, look at our two runs today. We're, we're extraordinary each in their own way, but I think it's 
to me, it's also about the discussion that it was everyone was bringing back to what what are the, what's going on with these people, right? I felt like our discussion wasn't going down tangents or rabbit holes that were not germane to the scene, but that I, I felt like everybody was trying to also offer up when you were confused or I'm still struggling with this moment. I mean, even what we were just happening today, right? With, with Aubrey and, and Amber, that moment about their legalese. And we've done lots of that, right? Of flips and wait, scratch that, reverse it. Like Willy Wonka would say, right? Like we don't, we don't, we, and, and I think being open to sort of revision rather and not trying to get to the way I think is it to me is really exciting. And that's what I felt like everybody was, was bringing to this every time was this sense of, of, of wonder. Well, uh, well done, Brendan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, everybody had such a great experience. And, and I remember uh, being part, you know, being present for the first rehearsal. And I was telling somebody later, I said, I think they, I don't, I'm like, I don't even know if they read the scene that, that first rehearsal, but I was like, and yet I know when they get there, it's going to be as rich because of all the discussion. So it's, uh, it, it was great to see. Um, I, I just want to mention that there was a, a comment. I hope I'm getting this name right. It was Nisi or maybe Nisi or, or, uh, but, but she says Nisi. Nissy, Nissy. Okay, thank you. So she says, my six-year-old is ready to have his mama's attention. Great work all. Love seeing open hearts, discussing big ideas and making connections. Thanks for the space. So, uh, thanks for the space. And, uh, there, there, I remember there were some, uh, other, uh, celebration emojis and all that kind of stuff after the scene. So uh, thank you to all the attendees for being here today. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, peek into uh, an exploration of the Merchant of Venice. Believe me, I could let this group keep going and, and, and another month they'd probably have more things to reveal and, and share and discoveries. So, uh, the work doesn't end. That's, that's the fun part about this stuff. So, uh, but, uh, thank you all, all very much for being here. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Yes. Thank you, the cast. I mean, what a, what a, what a great group. You're spoiling me. You realize that, right? <laughs> like with, with the discussions like this, it's, it's, uh, it's really wonderful. Hey, it's Nathan here one more time. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to that uh, entire presentation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love going back. I mean, every time I watch these, I'll learn something new. Uh, the work is just so fantastic and so deep. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. So I hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, and like I said, the plan is to roll out more of these. So please stay tuned to the podcast uh, or YouTube. Um, you know, I'll really, I'm really making an effort to, uh, you know, put more of this out there and not just, uh, hold on to it and wait for someday. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're not on the email list, go to workingactorsjourney.com. Um, that is usually, uh, where you will find out first about things that are coming up. You know, where I first shared about, uh, Libby being part of the rehearsal room and anything else that's going on, I probably will be able to email about it first before I'm able to get it out on the podcast uh, or YouTube. Maybe social media, but email is, again, going to be your best bet. So workingactorsjourney.com. It's free to sign up. You can even get uh, a resource. It's called 10 Ways to Stop Worrying and Start Working. Uh, some of the uh, best advice from, I think, the first two seasons of the show uh, in a PDF. So you get that immediately when you uh, sign up. Uh, you get that free. And then you'll get ongoing notices of what we're doing. So that is it. Hope you're having a great rest of your day. Look forward to sharing more with you soon. And take care. I'm Nathan Agan, and enjoy the journey.